0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. If you got a Bible, go ahead and meet me there. Matthew chapter 6, we have been uh, journeying through a series entitled The Way of the Heart. And if you haven't been with us throughout the last few weeks, the reason we're doing this series is because I, I really want us to, to enter the fall in the right way. Um, and and what I mean is I want us to enter the fall in a, in a way where we're able to meet with God, meet with God, and He's able to minister to our hearts and Again, my desire is for us to, to be a church that's centered around these disciplines with God where we can uh, get back to doing this or even start the right way off. Because here's the reality. As we went through the pandemic, many of us, we've developed some bad habits. We've gotten off track. We have not been reading our Bible. We have not been in community with other people. We haven't been going to church on a regular basis. We, we haven't been serving We're not giving of our time, talent, or our treasure. We don't give to church anymore. We don't give to the mission of God. We're hoarding things. We're greedy. We're holding on. We've developed some bad habits. All of those things, other than the consumerism, are marks of a good Christian. And so I want us to walk into this season, this next season, in a way getting back on track. And for some of you all, starting off the right way. The first week, we looked at the heart and idols. And the reason being is because we're made to worship. We're made to worship, and the reality is we're made to worship God, and so if we're not worshiping God, that means we're worshiping something or someone else, which makes that something or someone else an idol because we're made to worship God. The second week, we looked at solitude, this space where we're able to pull away from all the noise and distractions of life, and we get to this place where it's just God and our, our hearts, this place where Uh, we're face to face with our false selves we're we're face to face with our distractions and our compulsive desires in the midst of a holy God and so you got all these things that the noise of your own heart and the noise around you but yet you have God here and when you're in this solitude place with God you're able to see that these things they they don't hold a candle to God all all I all I need in life is God this stuff will not satisfy all I need is God and Last week, we looked at silence, one that's really hard for us to get to a place where we can silence the noise around us and the noise that's in our hearts. And as I said, you you can't have solitude without silence. Silence is simply put, solitude put into action. That's what silence is. To this week, I want to look at prayer. Prayer, because it's really easy to get to this place of silence and solitude where we're able to see our true selves and the things that we battle with, these compulsive desires, and and we can get to that place and we can treat it as some type of a zen moment where it's a self-help time and I'm just going to learn how to love myself better. And in that space, we cheapen this, uh, this space that God has us in, where in reality, the space of silence and solitude is really for us to be able to meet with God. What I'm really saying is that it's in the place of silence and solitude that real prayer happens. This is where real communication between you and God happens. Now, now hear me, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray in, in community with other people, or uh, it has to only happen in silence and solitude. But what I'm saying is that there is a need for all of us to pull away from the distractions of life to get to this place of silence and solitude. And it's not just for your own good, but it's for you to be with God. It's to be with him. Prayer is not just us speaking, but it's us listening to. With that, I want to go to Matthew chapter 6. And before we get into the prayer, as I've been doing uh, week in and week out, I-, I told you all, some of you are just coming back. My wife and I, we've been doing this. Some of you jumping online with us. And uh, we've been doing this through the summer, just really just kind of getting to this place of silence. Uh, before we enter the word, just get to a place where you can kind of hear yourself breathing a bit, slow down everything. For some of you all, this is the first silent moment you're going to have, you've had all week. And so before we get into scripture, I just want you to get to a place, couple of minutes, we're just going to sit in silence. And I want you to ready your heart. You can close your eyes, do whatever you need to do, just ready your heart to receive the word this morning. It may feel weird because you've never done it. But that's the problem with us. We need to be silent. Let's sit before God right now. Ready ourselves for the word. Standing, let's read the word together. Matthew chapter six. I'm going to read verses five through eight. Steve will continue with this passage next week. Matthew six verses five through eight. If you got it, go ahead and say got it. it. You're online. Go ahead and write it in the chats. Starting in verse five, it says this: "And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites." that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. The very words of God, amen. Today I want to preach on the topic, meeting with God in prayer. Meeting with God in prayer. Before we go any further, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this word. God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, I do ask that, As I do each week, you'd hide me behind the cross so that you may be lifted up. Uh, Decrease me so that you may increase. We need a word from you. Fill this space with your spirit. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we all said together, amen and amen. You can be seated. Well, if you grew up like me, there's always that, that uncle or that auntie, that grandparent, that maybe even your parent, that at Christmas or Thanksgiving, the dinner, they always have something super spiritual to say, or they always have this extra long prayer. I mean, when they pray, it's like 50 minutes long, and you just like, some of y'all laughing because you know exactly... I'm talking about in your family. In my family, there is this particular relative who will remain nameless. um, But every time he opens his mouth, he has this extra long prayer or he has this super spiritual saying. It's long drawn out prayers. And it's happened in my family for years. It's something that we've become accustomed to. Everybody knows about it. I can remember way back when I was a, a little shorty, a little kid, and 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 he would start praying and you would just be like, come on, man. Come on, man. It it got to the point that every time, to this day, every time this person opens their mouth, everybody starts snickering. You just hear this (laughs) under their breath. People laughing and talking. Not just the kids. The adults, too. Y'all got so bad that my grandmother, who is deceased, loved the Lord more than most people. I remember one time as a kid, he, he started praying, and, and, and he kept going and going and going, and she was like, come on now. Come on, come on. We didn't, we didn't pray. It's time to eat. And, and, and if she didn't say something, one of my other uncles would say something. Me, it got that bad. And see, here's the problem with it. I'm the pastor in the family now. And so every family gathering, every time we eat a meal, I'm expected to pray. And because of this and what's happened before me, that means every time I stand up to pray, in my mind, I'm like, i got to say something real concise and clear, and it's got to be quick. I don't want nobody laughing at me. (laughs) I'm not trying to hold anybody from eating. I just want to get to the point so we can eat. And see, as funny as that may be, the question that we're left with is what is true prayer? What's true prayer? Or better yet, how or why do we actually do it? Because some of you didn't laugh because you would say prayer is supposed to be long and drawn out. I'm supposed to pray, and when I pray, I got to pray loud. Come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus, because you're trying to call down heaven right there in that one sitting, and you're not leaving until Jesus moves in your life. So you're going to pray, and you're going to pray, and you're going to pray until you see a move. You might sit there all day, and so you believe that prayer should be long and drawn out. The other person is like, well, I just talked to Jesus in my mind. Hmm, just me. Hmm." Or or you're like, Jesus is my homeboy. He gets me, and I get him. We cool. And some people, you're like, well, I don't understand why they're so long and drawn out. It's got to be like a business meeting. Just quick, concrete, straight to the point. This is what I need, Jesus I'm done. And for some of you, you're like, well, why, do I, why would I even pray? It's so mystical. I, I, I don't hear anybody. I'm talking to somebody I can't see. Why would I pray at all? And then some of you guys are like, well, you're the pastor. Why don't you pray? Like when I go to eat at somebody's house and they're like, well, pa- pastor got to pray. And, and, and here... And listen to me, listen to me. I don't have a problem praying for y'all. It's an honor when I come to your house and do whatever, bless your house and pray, all that. That's cool. But I got to help you. And it's your house. (laughs) You can pray. See, when Jesus died on the cross, here, I'm going to break it down for you. When he died on the cross, in the scripture, it tells us that the veil in the temple that, 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 that kind of veiled off the Holy of Holies, where the priest could only go behind, that whole veil was torn down. Which means that through Jesus' death, not only did he provide a way through salvation to get back to God, but he provided a way for you to communicate through him to get to God. So all of y'all can pray. He hears your prayer just like he hears mine. Now, that said, if I come to your house and you ask me to pray, I ain't going to give you a preaching lesson. I'm going to pray and we're going to have a good dinner, all right? But all of this leaves us at the same place. What is prayer? What is prayer? How do we do it? So, today I want to look at G- what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at the first part of this passage. Steve will carry on with the latter half next week, the Our Father prayer. I got two points this morning why pray and how to pray. Why pray and how to pray? Jesus, in our passage today, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to his disciples and he's telling them how they should and should not pray. He says, if you look at the passage, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like them and, and pray like you know me out in the open, but you really don't know me. He says, they pray so that they can be seen by others. See, hypocrites, listen to me, uh, originally referred to Greek actors who wore different masks. They wore different masks in society and they played uh, various roles. So Jesus is saying don't fake spirituality. Don't put on a face. Don't be something that you're not. Don't pay attention to the screens. Y'all got me up here, okay? <laughs> don't fake it. Be real with him. Don't put on a show. But when you pray, pray to your heavenly father and he will reward you. Basically, Jesus is saying prayer is not about you. It's not about what you look like. It's not about how you sound. Prayer is about God. It's about God. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't pray for what you want or pray about what you need. But what he's really getting at is that prayer is to and for exclusively God. I love the way Pastor Tony Evans down in Dallas, he pastors a church called Oak Cliff Bible. He says it this way. Biblical prayer is relational communication between you and God. Let me say it again. Biblical prayer is relational communication between you and God. And God. It's not just about talking to God, but there's a relationship. Everyone say relationship. There's a relationship. This is why Jesus begins in the Father, our Father passage or the prayer right after this. He begins it with our Father. There's a relationship between him and the Father. Hear me? He's connected to Him. See, you can't, you, you can't have a proper relationship without connection. Therefore, your prayer is not going to go too far without a good relationship. So you got to be connected to the one that, that you're praying to. So there's this relationship. Again, hear me. Prayer is not just about the thing that you want in life or the thing that you believe you need. But it's more so about the relationship that you're pursuing. Friends, if you just go to God for what you want in life, then you're just using God. And nobody likes to be used. Raise your hand if you like to be used. No hands. Because or you do right by him and you do this and now God is supposed to reward you, which now makes your relationship with God one-sided. It's no longer a relationship. It's transactional. So I did this, so God, you need to give this to me and you need to reward me. And the problem with a transactional relationship with God is here it is. If, if, if you do right and then God doesn't give you what you want, now you end up disappointed. You're mad at God because he didn't show up the way you thought he would or how you thought he would. Transactional. That's not a true relationship. Listen, God does, God does not need us to pray so that he knows what we want in life. He doesn't need us to pray so he knows our needs or what's going on with our day, y'all. Matthew 6, 8, right here in the passage says your father knows what you need before you ask him. Prayer it's more than us just speaking to God about what's, what we want or what's going on in our life. Because the reality is, here it is. Here, let me break this down a little bit. If, if I'm speaking or if I'm asking for something, then that means that I need an answer in return. It's not just me talking. It's like you put, have your Google Maps out and you, and you put it in the direction in Google Maps. You, you're expecting some directions in return, right? Because if you don't get directions, where do you end up? Lost. Lost. You You don't know where you're going. And so it's more than you just talking. There's a relationship here. Hear me, prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. But it's very important for us to know how and why we do this dialogue with God. With that, prayer is also not just thinking about God. It's not just having them in your brain. I mean, I could think about my wife all day long, y'all. She's fine. I could just, just think about my wife all day long. But if I do not express my feelings for her, if we don't spend intentional time together, then our relationship will not grow. And frankly, it's just going to suck. It's not going to be good. It takes communication. Which brings us to The question of why, again, and how do we pray? Well, let's begin with the why. One reason God wants us to pray is so our dependence on him grows. God wants us to be dependent. Say dependent. He wants us to be dependent on him. We don't like that word because we want to be independent. But God wants us to be dependent on him. This is why Jesus in in Luke 11 refers to the believers being like little children. When we come to God, because just as a child knows that when they go to their mommy or daddy, they can provide whatever they ask. They're not coming to them asking, saying, I don't know if my mommy and daddy can do this. They believe already, without a shadow of doubt, that their mommy or daddy can provide. That's the way it is with us. Should be when we come to the Father, come to him trusting and expecting him to provide. We don't come saying, we're not to come to him like, I don't know if God can actually do this. It's to come believing, it's to come trusting in who he is actually as God. What I'm saying is that when we come to him, we must believe, we must pray in faith that God can and he will provide. Matthew 21, says, whatever you ask in prayer... You will receive if you have faith. See, God wants us to be dependent on him so he can care for us. And and I need you to hear me because somebody walked in here this morning and you got all these things going on in your life. Things are happening all around you. Fear is rising up within you because you're, things feel out of control. You don't have control over what's happening in your life. You feel like everything's out of whack, and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And worry and anxiety is creeping up within you. And God is he, hes sitting there, and he's saying, j- j- it's okay. Just trust me. You, you can depend on me. I, I, listen, listen, Trish, Trish, if, if I can hang the stars in the sky... If I can put the moon in place, hey, if I can do all of these things and I can number all of the stars and I can put the sun the correct distance away from the earth. Then I can take care of you, Steve. I got you. Maya, I got you. I hold the whole earth in the palm of my hands. I'm dependable. God wants to care for you. Secondly, besides praying, bringing to light our dependence on God, through prayer, your relationship with God also deepens as you talk to him. Now, if you've been with us at renewal for any amount of time, you've heard me say that when we pray, it's like talking to someone you care about over and over again. For instance, if you're in a relationship with somebody, I mean a, a, a decent a deep deep relationship with a significant other it, You don't talk to that person once a week, once a month, do you? You you talk all the time. You talk all through the night. Y'all say corny stuff to each other. I mean, don't don't act like y'all ain't been there. Don't act tough for me today, guys. Y'all been, girl, you you must be tired. You've been running through my mind all night long. (laughs) You got that. Boy, you you so hot, you making me sweat. Oh my gosh, you you like a Milky Way candy bar. Yo, yo, it's in like milk, chocolate, and soft like karma. I just want to eat you up. Don't act like you ain't never said no crazy stuff like that. And she she'll give you that little cheap laugh. Ha ha, that's so funny. And it ain't funny. She just she just trying to make you feel good. Don't act look, the women laughing at me right now, because you you definitely done that. See, my point is, is that. You talk all the time with that significant other. You don't just talk once a week. It's all God. We're to talk with him in a relationship. But see, there's the problem. Because many of us haven't grown in our relationship with God because we're not talking to him. We're not talking to him. Only time we talk to him is when something's going wrong. God, this has happened in my life. I need you to help me. Or we want something from him. And God wants us to talk to him in the good times, the bad times, the thick and the thin, all the time. He just wants us to talk with him. That's a relationship. Scripture even says in Romans 26, when we are too weak, I love this. It says when we're weak, even to to, to pray, the, the Holy Spirit groans on our behalf. Hear me, God not only wants us to talk to him, but... He wants us to commune and talk to the point to where when we can't even speak, we know he helps us. And I need you to listen to this because, again, some of us have walked in here, we're online and we're listening right now. And with everything that's going on in the world, all the noise that's around you, noise that's in your mind and noise that's in your heart, it's not allowing you to get to this space of silence and solitude with God. But it's really not allowing you to get to this place where you're able to meet with God. Your prayer life is quick or non-existent. The only time you pray is at grace. If that, we're not talking to him, we're, we're not at this place where we're able to meet with him. And now you're, you're asking, well, does God even hear me when I pray? I, I've done this, I've done that. Maybe, maybe God feels a certain way about the way I, I'm leading my life and he just doesn't even want to listen to me, hear me, listen to me, listen to me. All the while, we're thinking that, we're feeling that God is sitting there and he's looking at us and he's saying, I'm right here. This is a relationship. Sometimes we mess up. Come on back. Pray. Because some of us are saying something's in the way of our relationship with God. Listen, Romans 8, I love the passage. It says, there is nothing... Nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. Not you, not me, not what we do, not what we say. Nothing, no principality, no amount of evil can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. He loves you. You're in a relationship with him. Talk to him. Prayer is not just a one-way street. Spending time with God in prayer is something believers are to do regularly. So, why do we pray? We pray because God wants us dependent on him. And secondly, because we're in a relationship with him. This all leads to how do we pray. Last few weeks, we've looked at the heart, solitude, and silence, all of which helps us get to a place of worship and communication between us and God. I I love before Jesus gets into how we pray with our Father prayer right after this, he says in verse 6, look at it, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Essentially, Jesus is saying that prayer is best done in silence and solitude. I mean, when you think about it, look at this text. He's talking about the hypocrites. He's saying, don't be like them. Don't don't be like the hypocrites where you pray loud in front of people and it's just for them to see you praying, but instead pray in secret. Here's the reality. When you're by yourself, there is no noise to worry about. There's no people. There's there's no expectation. That means if you want to be messy, you can be messy. If you want to yell and scream, you can yell and scream. You want to laugh, you want to cry, you want to be sad, you want to be mad, you can be all those things. You can just be authentically you because it's just you and God. But when you're around people... You simply can't do that. You can't be authentically you. You can't be who you really want to be in front of everybody. Therefore, listen to me. If your prayer life only consists of or is happening when you're in groups of people or around people, then you have never truly tasted the fruit of a relationship of being with God. Let me say it again. Let me say it this way. If your prayer life only consists of you praying on Sunday morning or praying in your group throughout the week or, or, or that one time a day, then you've never truly tasted the fruit of a real relationship with God. That's tough. See, it's in these times of prayer when you're, when you're by yourself. You can be yourself and you can sit in the the word of God and you can read it deeply and, and you see clearly what God truly thinks about you, what he has for you. And as you read it and you think and you see what God actually thinks about you, you're able to combat those lies that exist in your mind and in your heart or the world tells you about yourself. Instead, you can read about what God thinks about you. You have alleviated the noise and it's just you and God. And family, hear me, that's not always pretty. Doesn't always look great. I mean, you look at the Psalms, you just flip open the Psalms, and you take a cursory reading through it. And and basically, you're reading David's journal, and you look at it, and it's like, man, dude had problems. Like, you got some imprecatory Psalms where he's like, he's just saying, God, rain down fire on this dude. they don't deserve to, to live. I, they, they need to die, kill him. And then on the other side, he's like, oh, as a deer pants for the water. Oh, God, God, I, I give you all praise. What is man that you be mindful of me and, and, and purge me with hyssop and all this? I give you all praise. I'm like, David, you got some problems, bro. Like it just goes up and down all over the place. But in reality, you know what's happening? David is able to be authentically him. He can be crazy. He can be a mess because it's just him and God in that place, that secret place. Silence and solitude. But maybe for you, that's a little bit far out. And you're like, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor D, but I don't, I don't quite get it. How many of you are married in here? Or, or let me say it this way. You, you've been in a... A deep relationship before. You've been in a relationship before. When do you have your best times of communication? Your best conversations. I know. It's at the movie theater, right? You got that big, big old thing of popcorn, Troy, and you you watching the movie and 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 you're trying to talk to Lynette, and, and as you talk to her about your day, the person in front of you is like, shh, shh. And you're like, what? But this happened today. I did this tattoo and this happened. Oh, my goodness. And then they're like, Shh, And you're like, go ahead and shoot me one more time. <laughs> it happens in the movie theater, right? Best communication, right? Best conversation. Uh, Maybe, maybe it's at the restaurant afterwards, right, when you go out to eat, and everybody else is in there with their, their, their significant other or their friends, and it's loud, and everybody's laughing, and you're, you're trying to talk to your friend or your spouse, and you're having a good time. And then as they see you laughing, people around you like, what are they laughing at? What's so funny? What's so funny? Or food comes out, and you see it go to this table, and you're like, hey, what did you order? I'm trying to figure out what I should eat. What's good here? And as people talk, but I know where good conversations happen. It's at the dinner table with your kids. You're trying to tell your wife or your spouse about your day, and you're like, babe, what happened? Oh, uh, Daddy, guess what happened? That's what happened. What, what happened, Mommy? Guess what happened, Mommy? Guess what happened? Oh, I was in art class today, and I dropped the whole paint can on me. This what happened. And then DJ, like, I jumped off the stage, and I, I almost twisted my ankle, Daddy, and babe, guess what happened? Daddy, guess what happened? No, you can't have a conversation at the table. No, the best conversations that you have with that significant other where you're able to pay full attention is when you're by yourselves. No distractions. My wife and I, we have our best conversations early in the morning and late at night. No kids just quiet as me and her. Or if we go on a walk and it's just us. It's the same with God. Your best time of communication with him in prayer is when you're by yourself with God. Nobody else but you and him. This is why over the last few weeks I've been urging you to get up early in the morning, get up a little bit earlier where it's just you and the Lord. No distractions, just you too. If you work during the day, this is something I like to do. I picked it up during the pandemic. If you, if you work during the day, y'all work eight hours, 10-hour shifts, whatever it may be, the reality is you got a 15-minute break. I, I believe that's against the law if you don't have a break. So you got a 15-minute break. Y'all got 15-minute breaks, right? Maybe even half an hour break. So you can go for a walk. Get away from people at your job. Get away from the noise of work and just go outside and go for a walk. It's nice outside right now in Chicago. You don't have to wear no coat. Just go outside. I've done this a lot. During the pandemic, I picked this up. I would just go for walks. I was talking to Julian. He plays keys. You can't miss Ju- Julian. Here's a member about six foot six. And he just walks. And he, we were talking about that. And he's like, I just ride my bike too. Just It's just me and God. I'm, I'm in this space where I'm quiet. And I've had my best times of prayer. Tony would come over to the house and we go walking together. we just walk and pray. There's something about... This space where you can quiet yourself and it's nobody else but you and the Lord. The best times of prayer happen there. Now, with your prayers, I've said it before, but they don't have to be all eloquent. They don't have to be 50 minutes long. Sometimes you'll be in that prayer room and you'll be praying and it will be 50 minutes long. You can't can't leave that place because that time with God is so rich and you just want to sit there for a long time. But I need you to hear me say this he already knows your heart and so don't get into a space where you're trying to perform and be in this place I got to be here for this amount of time because God is pleased by me being here for 15 minutes or 20 minutes no God knows your heart the point is to continually speak to him over and over again and as you talk with him guess what happens you begin to see him answer your prayers I love it. I, I love looking back in my journals throughout the years and, and seeing how God answered prayers. I, I can look back almost 20 years ago when I, when I met Kaylee, and I'm talking about I, I'm, I'm falling in love with her, and I, I want to marry her, and I want to have kids, and I, I want to I do ministry for the rest of my life. And look at where we are. We have kids, and we, we're married, and we're doing ministry together. We've been doing this for years. I can look back, and some of you won't believe this, but I got old journals where in college I was dreaming about planning a church. And we planted a church. And here's the part that's really going to mess you up. Guess who was on staff? Steve Coble as a spiritual formations pastor and teaching pastor. Guess who else was on staff? Chris Tabron doing media and arts. And what does he do? They both do that here at the church. It's with you. It may not happen when you think it's supposed to happen, but he communicates. And the thing about this that really helps you is when you see God start to act, what happens is that you begin to trust him more. And you begin to be more dependent on him because you know that he answers prayer. So listen, prayer prayer should be like breathing. The more you do it, the better you feel. You can't run a race without breathing. I dare you. Go try it. Bet you die. (laughs) It's not possible. And so it is the same being a Christian. We can't walk with God truly if we do not have a rich prayer life. Our relationship with God grows when we pray. But listen, I love the scripture where it says pray unceasingly, like not stopping, but It also means when you break it down, pray always, it means to rest, to rest when you pray. When when we pray, we're to believe in who God truly is, the creator of the universe, which means he only hears what we say, but he will come through for us. We can rest, or as David says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I love that part. He makes me lie down in green pastures, which means that I ain't got to find the green pasture to rest in. He gives me rest. So I got to ask you, how many of you all are resting when you pray? How many of you are leaving it at the feet of the Father and saying, I'm resting in your sovereignty, God. I know you got me. Do you rest when you pray? Thirdly, we pray in order to be aligned with God. And to be a part of a bigger plan of salvation, thus now advancing the kingdom of God. What what I'm really saying is that we must know Jesus, what he's done, and we have to pray in his name. You're asking, well, why do I have to do it that way? Why do I have to pray in his name? Here, here's why. Because our sin, listen to me, should disqualify us from asking God, or this divide between us and God. I mean, think about it. If someone blatantly disrespected you over and over again or disobeyed you and just kept going against you, then the last thing for you to, to think in your mind is, I'm going to serve them. I, I'm, I'm going to do right by them. You know, you probably like, I'm going to put my foot where the sun don't shine. You do this one more time. We're not thinking about doing good. We're not thinking about serving them. But see, that's where the gospel of Jesus Christ Becomes that much more sweeter. Because of Jesus' death, his burial burial, and his resurrection, and he's now, he's mediating on behalf of believers between us and God. I, I love this. This is why Christians pray to Jesus and him alone. There is no other man. There's no other saint, no other prophet or anybody else who has done what Jesus has done. There's nobody else that hung on a cross, died for us, went to the grave, and got up from that grave. There's no other person that's mediating on behalf of believers to the point where when you mess up, he's looking at you. He ain't looking at you. He, he, see, he sees you, but when he sees you, Marcel, he sees his son, Jesus. And regardless of what you've done, he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. That's grace. That's mercy. That's the love of the Father. That's the gospel. That's what is so good about Jesus. That's why we pray in his name. Scripture says, 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus says in John 14.6, No one comes to the Father except through me. Hear me. This means that, that God doesn't this is tough no one comes to the father except through me this means that god doesn't have any obligation to answer the prayers of those who don't believe in jesus that's tough but i say this because many of us have not because we have not believed it's not that you haven't asked. You've asked all day in Jesus' name. I want this, Jesus, in, my, in your name, Jesus, in your name, Jesus, in your name, all of that. You've asked, but you have not believed. You haven't come believing. This is why Jesus says in John 16 that, that, that to the disciples, he's saying, whatever you ask in my name shall be given. He's not talking about just asking in my name. He's saying, believe in me. Theologian Wayne Grudem, because y'all don't believe me, he said it this way. He's far more smarter than me. He said this way. When, when, when he said this, Jesus did not mean that we must tack on the phrase in Jesus' name onto every one of our prayers. Instead, he meant that our prayers should be prayed based on the, his authority as our mediator and in accordance with his character. Believers must believe in Jesus and who he is when we pray. We must believe that he is who he says he is, the Lord of all creation, God in the flesh, the mediator, the one who conquered Satan's sin and death and rose from the grave, the one who will one day come back to relieve all believers from this wayward world. Amen, somebody. hear me, even with all of that, I don't want you to hear me saying that if we pray everything in Jesus' name, it will all come to pass. Believers have to pray according to the will of God. Our prayers are effective when they're in line, in line with the will of God. Believers pray not our will be done But thy will be done. The Father's will be done. Now, the question becomes, well, let me give you one easy way to know if you're praying in line with the will of God. Don't miss this. We know we're praying in line with the will of God if our prayers are informed and in line with Scripture. This is why if you've been at renewal for any period of time, you've heard us or you've seen us preach week in and week out out of the scriptures, not just making up what we preach. And we've also urged you to get into your Bible and to stay in the word of God. Jesus says, John fifteen seven if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But first he says, abide in me and my words in you. Then ask. You see the order there? So, friends, it's not about us just believing in Jesus when we pray, but we also have to know how to pray according to the Bible. And I know there are certain situations you're saying, well, Pastor, the Bible's not clear on everything, there's some gray areas in here. Well, look, look, look. When that happens, we are to come to God humbly, key word, humbly asking for him to move on our behalf. And if it's in his will for our life, come to pass. Now, this is very important because many of us walk around and we're, we're disappointed and we're mad all the time because God hasn't worked fast enough or God hasn't worked the way we want him to in our life. We prayed and we wanted God to do this, and here's the reality. It just may mean that it's not his timing yet, or it may mean that it's not in his will for you right now. And, and, and here's the thing, as a believer, we got to believe that God knows best because the reason he may not be giving what you're asking for right now, it may be because he's protecting you from something. Some of us in here, we're praying for this house, this car, this new job, this spouse, or or this and that. And he, God hasn't given it to you yet because he's protecting you from something. You're looking at this woman, this man, and he's like, no, nah, that ain't it. That, Maybe you're not ready to receive it. Maybe he needs to do some more work in you. I don't know. But what, wherever we are, we have to believe this is tough, that God knows what's best for us. Now, I know someone saying what... But, but Scripture says, Pastor D, that I'm supposed to pray as if I'm already receiving what I'm praying for. It does say that in Mark 11, 24. But listen, because we, we mess that thing all the way up. And we just start praying for all the wrong stuff. God, I need this amount of money, and I need... I need these new shoes. I need this new job. I need this spouse. I need this. I want this Jesus, in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm declaring it over my life, and I'm, I'm getting this, and you naming it, and, and what the naming and calling, claiming and claiming, and you calling and hauling and all these other things, and, and the reality is you can pray all you want in Jesus' name, but if it ain't in his will for you, you ain't going to get it. Mark 11, it's not scripture for you to just believe that you're about to get your blessing. I know we, we hear this all over Instagram and everything. You're not, it's not to pray for your blessing because, again, if it's not in his will for you, it's not happening. I, I told you all back in the book of Colossians and when we walked through the Sermon on the Mount, the believer, and this is key, the believer is blessed already in Jesus You're blessed already in Jesus. Being blessed, listen, is a state of being. It's not based on your circumstance or what's happening to you or around you. Being blessed is based upon what Jesus has already done for you. When he died, your death on the cross was buried and rose from the grave with power in his hands. So therefore, if we believe, listen to me, if we believe we're already blessed... We don't have this holy standard that's held over our heads that we have to hold up in our lives. And if we don't, the wrath of God is coming on us and we're going to go to hell. No, 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 no. Jesus already satisfied that standard by living a life without blemish. No sin at all. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't live according to the Bible because then you're taking advantage of the grace of God. But the standard is not held there because Jesus has already held up the standard. He is the sinless lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. Believers will not receive the wrath of God towards our sin because Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again with power. So instead of living lives where we work for the approval of the world and for the approval of God, we live from the approval of Jesus. We live in the shed blood of Jesus. That, that's where we live from, and we live lives now of freedom. We live lives from approval, and we live lives now where we can live of strength, not based off our own merit or what's in our hands, but based off the strength of Jesus and what he's done for us. That's good news. So listen to pray for blessing. If you a believe you're already blessed. It's not necessarily correct. When he says pray... As you've already received it, what this means is to have the faith to believe in who God is and that he is able to do all things. Look at your neighbor and say, God is able. God is able to fix your situation. God is able to fix your finances. He's able to fix your marriage. He's able to fix whatever it is you're going through that you can't fix by yourself. He is able. He's able to do all of these things. But listen, on the flip side, as I mentioned before, if it's not his will in that time or in that place, it may not happen. And that's okay because to believe means, again, that we believe that God knows best. So, friends, when we pray, pray, we got to pray according to the will of God, lest our prayers be hindered. True, It's not always a place where miracles happen. It does happen sometimes. But most of the time, prayer is just a time where you have daily communication with God, your Father. It's a relationship. Without communication, relationships fail. I, I believe it's the number one root of all divorces. Underlying most marital and relational issues exist, communication issues. Almost every couple I've had the privilege to counsel and walk with, they've always had communication issues, whether it's verbal or nonverbal through their actions. And friends, with this being true, how much more do you think our relationship with God hinges on good communication with him? We cannot have a truly fruitful relationship with God without prayer. So let's pray. What I want to do, I'm going to bring my wife up here again as she came up last week. Y'all tended to like her way more than me preaching. So I'm going to bring her up here. And she's going to share a bit about just kind of prayer life and what that looks like for her. Just some tidbits to kind of help you a little bit more practically. um, My little prayer warrior here. And so... I told you when she speaks, I listen. So I'm gonna listen too uh, to what she has to say.
1: All right. Good afternoon. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So thanks for having me up again, babe. So this isn't to highlight just me, but just to kind of give you some examples and to know that I've learned from many of you. I've taken some things from you as well, on how to deepen my relationship with the Lord. Um, Tamara is always texting me and asking me, how can I pray for you? And I know that she's uh, praying for me. And um, Diamond, if she's here. She is, like, in my face. Can I pray for you right now? And I appreciate that, uh, her just taking the intentionality. Have you ever been the one that says, I'll pray too many times? So I will pray for that person, or if I can't pray for that person, I will just say a little prayer real quick, and hopefully God will bring them back to my memory. Or if someone pops up into my mind, I'll just take the moment and just pray for them right now. Um, then, And I think just the biggest thing is just the intentionality and that prayer is a discipline and that we have to work those muscles. Something that helps me when I don't know what to pray for, I'll pray over a scripture. So even just the scripture that we uh, Derek preached on today, I will use the acronym ACTS, and it stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And supplication is a fancy word for uh, just asking and begging God humbly uh, to do something for you. And so for th- for the scripture, the Lord's Prayer, right before the Lord's Prayer, it talked about, you know, that God hears us. So. Like adoring God and saying, thank you that you hear me. Thank you that I pray to a God who listens and who sees all things. And then confession. God, I'm sorry that I have been a hypocrite in many things in my life. Help me to to walk out of that. Help me to lead um, or pursue you and to walk after your example. Thanksgiving. Thanking God that I can pray to him. Thanking God that he's revealed himself to me, that I can have this relationship with him. Our God is a personable God, and he wants to know each and every one of us, and that is something to thank him for. Supplication. Father, help me to find those moments to hide away, to spend time with you. So it's just simple ways to just take scripture and then to add that acronym to it. I have a prayer call every Thursday morning with one of my friends, and we just spend some time prayer. And I'll try and think about her throughout the week and pray and call her and ask her how she's doing and those things. We have a prayer wall at the house. Uh, that's one of the things that I want to utilize more, but we have either a picture of a family, we have the world, what can, how can we pray for the world, uh, our church, our city, just a visible statement of prayers that we're praying as a family, things that it may be happening in our kids' lives, and our lives, and have it up there, and that we can also make record of how God has answered our prayers. Uh, ambulances. Our kids, whenever we see an ambulance, we always take a time to pray for that person. Uh, it's just a quick prayer of, God, I pray that whatever is happening, I pray that you would help them get them there. If they don't have a relationship with you, would you provide them an opportunity to come to know you? Just a simple, quick prayer. Um, false religion. So. I, you can see people who have are visibly in a false religion. And so if I see someone, I just, I look at them and I just say in my mind, Father, reveal yourself to them. Uh, would you reveal that yourself as Lord? Open up their eyes. Help them to see. Just something very quick. Give them a revelation of you as Lord. I have daily prayer cards for Derek and for the kids and... Some of them are just daily. Some of them are weekly. Some are from books that I've just taken. Some are scriptures that I've just written out directly for them, or just read scripture and put in someone's name in there. God makes it real easy. He has lots of examples. Psalms is full of them, and uh, canticles are little songs. They're songs derived from scripture, and. Uh, There's many of them, worship songs we sung about this morning about how God conquered the grave. You can pray about that, meditate on that daily, about how he's conquered the grave. What else? That you have to be intentional. So also with what you enjoy doing. I love working out. So sometimes I will just pray and thank God that I can move my body. Think of somebody else and just keep praying while you're, you're doing something. You think about Jesus as a carpenter. I'm sure he was talking to God as he was doing his work. And whatever may give you rest. If you like cleaning or cooking. I like lettering. Um, so writing out a word. Uh, last week I talked about glory. So I've been writing glory. of paper <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> just writing out glory. So just finding ways that you can deepen your relationship. It's a discipline. So we have to challenge ourselves. So find little ways that you can incorporate prayer more in your life. I said earlier I want to challenge myself and my family to use the prayer wall more. And I want to just have designated times throughout the day to just maybe set an alarm to just sit, uh, say a prayer. So.
0: Amen. I mean, so it's, as you heard her say, many different ways of prayer I think the key thing is just to start start talking and communicating with God getting to that space of silent solitude and creating space for you to have a true relationship and talk with him he's listening he knows what's going on in your heart already just start so don't beat yourself up and try to be over the top and do all these things? I've said it before, week in and week out. Don't be a monk in a monastery if you ain't got a five-minute devotional. You just ain't gonna do it, and you're gonna be mad at yourself, and you're gonna set yourself up for disappointment. Just start
1: talking. I just, I just wanted to say one more, sorry, one more thing. You had spoke about just, you know, that it's breath, and it's breathing, and just. Also, sometimes, like, glory, I'll say, is just a breath prayer. But you always say, hide me behind the cross. And that, um, I don't want to say the wrong one, but that comes from John three thirty of, you know, John the Baptist saying that I must decrease so that you may increase. So there's little things that, that you can just take little scriptures, and it's just a breath. You know, help my unbelief. Restore the joy of my salvation. It's just a breath. It's just a sentence. We can do that.
0: Amen. See, that's why I listen. So pray the scriptures. That's what it is. You start seeing that as you pray. I want to pray for you all, and then we'll take communion. And if you need prayer, maybe you're in a space where this is you've gotten off track with God quite a bit. Uh, my wife will be up here standing. I'll be up here praying. I think Ramon and Steve will probably be in the back or so place around here. Don't leave this place the same way you came in. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. You are truly an awesome God. You are good, good all by yourself. You don't need us or anything we bring to the table. And so, God, I pray that wouldn't feel as as if we're inadequate or we don't have what it takes, but that instead we'd feel the freedom of walking with a Father who has loved us and done all for us and can and will do all things for us God you are a good good father Lord and I pray that as we enter the space of communicating with you through silence and solitude that it be in that place that we will experience the true fruit of a lasting relationship where we're in communication with our father and that would be a stem that keeps us praying and communicating with you throughout our day throughout our weeks throughout our lives knowing that God the father loves us God the father cares for us and you're there for us. God, let that be the place where we find our fuel and what we need to go throughout our weeks and our days. For the person that's been struggling, God, that's been struggling with their walk with you or in community or trying to get back into the life of the church and into the spiritual heart and pulling them closer to you, that they would just start, God. And through that, you will reveal yourself as the one and only God, the one and only thing that they really need in their lives. And we lay humbly at your feet. And for the rest of our lives, we say you are God and God alone. Cornerstone. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all said together.